I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Eurythmics, nothing personal. Word of the day for Tuesday, January 26th is Eurythmics, the 80s band that Coca told me he's heard of because his mother likes 80s dance bands. I've never referred to Annie Lennox and Dave Stewart as an 80s dance band before, but the word of the day is Eurythmics, and my favorite Eurythmics song is Here Comes the Rain Again. Here Comes the Rain Again falling on my head like a memory memory why is eurythmics the word of the day on this tuesday because major league baseball and the major league baseball players association they're at it again can you imagine as though it was not bad enough when we look back at 2020 and think about the dumpster fire that was the return to play plan that major league baseball had the fighting that went on the fighting that went on between the commissioner and the union, the back and forth involving the public, the statements. We had 20 shows all based on statements that were done by the commissioner or by the union. And I thought to myself, they're going to be better. Coca, that's his, that's Coca's line, right? Let's be better. Let's be great. Baseball had a chance here to follow the lead of the other sports and find a way to play the 2021 season with some modicum of cooperation. Just a teensy beansy iota of goodwill and peace toward mankind. I don't think it's called mankind anymore, Coca. Do we call it humankind? Humankind. Well, yesterday, step one in the game that is being played between Rob Manford, the commissioner, and Tony Clark, the head of the union. The game is this. The union wants to be paid in full, no matter the number of games played. But what the union is saying is we want to play 162 games, which is a full season. We can play 162 games. We will follow the COVID protocols and you will pay the full salary. Fans or no fans, don't care. Major League Baseball is saying, wait a minute, we got to be very careful. We got to keep everyone safe. And in order to keep everyone safe, it may make sense to delay it may make sense to not play 162 games, maybe 154, maybe 140. Don't think we should start spring training in the middle of February, maybe push it back a month. It's in the best interests of you, the players, our fans, our sponsors, our teams. And 
wink, wink, it's in the best interest of our owners. Because as you know, when baseball is played without fans, owners lose money. For all of you who don't believe that, I've gone through the math with you. I can do it again if you'd like. You can't make money running a major league team when you pay full salary to players and you lose your gate revenue. You lose your food, your beverage, your parking, all concessions, ticket revenue. For some teams, it matters less than others, like the Marlins. For some teams, it matters more than others, like the Yankees or the Dodgers or the Cubs or the Red Sox or the Cardinals. Shall I go on? So step one in this chess match that would make the Queen's Gambit proud was Rob Manford making it clear to everyone that he felt as though a delay was necessary. The union in their counter move said, it is not necessary. The commissioner in his counter to the counter said, get ready, we're going on time. We've told the owners and the players, get ready, we're gonna be on time. The union's counter to the counter of the counter was good because we're ready, now start signing some free agents. Now, in a counter to the counter of the counter that was countered by a counter, a letter was written by the Cactus League. Now, this is a good one. When you do a counter to a counter of the counter that was once countered, and then you try to counter that counter, and you do it in a way that is so obvious to everybody, the fact is it's not a counter to the counter of the counter that you countered. It's a no move at all. Do you think that the union believes that a letter written by the Cactus League to Major League Baseball stating that they would like to delay spring training has any weight at all? Does baseball believe that the union believes that by reading the letter by the Cactus League to baseball saying there should be a delay, that the union thinks that MLB was not involved in the writing of that letter? Does MLB think that we're going to read that letter thinking that MLB opened that letter like they opened an email? Click, ding, you've got mail. Oh, my heavens, we have a letter from the Cactus League. Oh, my God. The Cactus League thinks we should start late. Whoa, it's mind-boggling. It's incredible. I can't believe that a bunch of people in the Cactus League who have zero authority, zero shall we say, interest in doing anything other than what Major League Baseball wants. Should we believe that Major League Baseball opened their mail one day and said, poof, see, the Cactus League agrees. Let's forward that email. Click forward. Tony, dear Tony, we have just received a letter from the Cactus League that states we should be starting spring training late. I believe you should really think about this, Tony, because the Cactus League thinks we should. That's not a counter move. That doesn't forward the conversation. That pisses the union off. When you treat someone as though they're stupid, it doesn't make it better. It doesn't make them feel good even if they are stupid. No one who's stupid likes to be told they're stupid. 
No one who's stupid thinks that when they're being called stupid, that they are stupid, even if they are stupid, but it doesn't help to call them stupid because then they're going to on purpose not give you what you want, even though you're smarter. So now the union in a counter to the counter of the counter that was not really a counter because the fix was in, came out and did a full statement saying, we do not believe that the Cactus League has any standing. We do not believe that owners have any right to unilaterally listen to the Cactus League. We do not believe that the owners have any ability to do anything other than start on time. And P.S., anything you offer us, we're going to say no to. So screw you. Now, their statement didn't have that last sentence in, but how do I know that last sentence exists? Because Major League Baseball proposed a universal designated hitter to the union in exchange for expanded playoffs, which is a deal that makes sense for both sides. And the players union would not agree to it. They wouldn't even engage in a conversation about it. And the world is upside down. We are back to reigning cats and dogs again because here comes baseball and the union fighting in public again, having statement upon statement, making fans wonder what the hell is wrong with these people. If you can't even come to an agreement on something that is a win-win because you're so busy standing on principle, maybe you don't have the best interests of the game in mind. Maybe you don't have the best interests of your fans or the growth of the game and all of the crap that you talked about this entire year since COVID, both the union and the commissioner's office. We're going to do better. There's so many problems going on in this world. We want to provide entertainment. We don't want to be a distraction. We're going to be an example. We're going to be an example of how to deal with systemic racial injustice racial inequality, COVID, first responders, frontline workers. Look at us. We are baseball. We will be the example. Well, they have an opportunity to do it. And guess what? Pfft. Nothing. Now, are you panicked? Am I panicked? No, I'm not panicked at all. There will be universal DH. There will be expanded playoffs. There will be a season. There may not be 162 games, but the players will still get paid a full 162 games. It'll all work out in the end. And if it's not working out the way it's not right now, it's just not the end. It's not the only fight going on in baseball. Someone did a, uh, a question, Coca. You know what I want? <laughs> I want to talk to Samson. We're back. So you want to talk to Samson? That's from the movie called Half Baked. During my COVID, I must admit to you that I watched Half Baked again, even though I had my eyes closed most of it, not because I was scared, because I couldn't open my eyes because of a headache. And I watched it 0% baked. And I've told you to watch it anywhere from 0% to 100%. It's totally up to you. And it's still a great movie. In that movie, there's a character named Samson. And people want to talk to Samson all the time. So get into my Twitter at David P. Samson. 
D-A-V-I-D-P-S-A-M-S-O-N. Ask a question and we'll get to it on the show if we can. I'll try to answer it on DM if I can. Just know I've mostly read it because that's what I do because I can't sleep. By the way, last night, Coca, this is, this is a literal, and I know you don't like when I use the word literal. I opened my eyes at 1.17 a.m. and I could not go back to bed. So I basically walked the floors from 1.17 a.m. until morning light. I watched the first hour of a movie called First Cow, and I'll watch the rest of it today. And like a child, does anyone else have this with children that you really want them to fall asleep and they're in the car and they're driving you crazy and they're talking? This is before they could just put on headphones and watch TV in a car. And they fall asleep as you're pulling into the driveway of where you're going or pulling into the driveway of your when you're on your way home or when you get home. So I, I'm up from 1.17 a.m. on Coca. And it, at the last time I looked at the clock, my alarm was set for seven because it's garbage day. It's Tuesday. It's garbage day. And so I got to get the garbage out. And I don't know why I'm telling you this. In any case, I looked at the clock at 6.37. And the next thing I know, the alarm was going off at 7. And the alarm woke me, which is Michael Bublé's Everything song, which he wrote for Emily Blunt, who he was dating at the time. And I love that song. It wakes me up. I don't get the people, by the way. Total side note. Why do you set an alarm that's like a, a bullhorn or these horrible noises that iPhone has? Uh, 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 or like, why would that, why wouldn't you wake up to music? When I was a kid, I got my first uh, alarm clock that had the ability to wake up to the radio. You could set it so when the alarm went off, it would be to, your, to a pre-station, a pre-programmed station. Of course, you didn't have your own music in there, and you just hoped it wasn't a commercial when you set your alarm. So you tried not to set it on the hour, or commercials used to be like at 0, 15, 30, and 45 after the hour. Anyway, waking up to music is always so great. So I did sleep 23 minutes after 1.17 a.m. this morning. I have no idea why that was in my head, Coca. But so I had a question and I was on Twitter and here was the question on So You Want to Talk to Samson. By the way, sorry, before we get to that, we're on January 26th. Sorry, Coca, this is horrible. I'm in violation. It's like we're not on show 297. Download and subscribe, nothing personal. This is the critical week. Tell your friends, please download, subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe, and watch the show on Nothing Personal with David Sampson YouTube channel. Thank you. We'll do an end-of-month mailbag bonus episode. I love when you ask questions on Apple and you rate and review. That's fun. So here is the So You Want to Talk to Sampson question. Can you please explain what's going on with M-A-S-N? Huh? Yes, I will. Thank you for asking. A bunch of people lost their jobs yesterday, and apparently there's a local Washingtonian who's upset and asked a question, can you please explain what's going on with MASN? MASN is the Mid-Atlantic Sports Network. It is the sports channel that was created when my old team, the Expos, were sold to Ted Lerner and moved to Washington, D.C. The way this works is when you own a team and another team comes into your broadcast area, you get compensated. 
So if a third team ever moved into New York, the Yankees and Mets would get compensated. If a second team moved into Miami, then you'd look in the sky and see cows jumping over the moon. So the Baltimore Orioles are owned by a man named Peter Angelos. Peter Angelos, as you may recall from stories on Nothing Personal, bought the Orioles at auction when he outbid the former owner, who I worked for for 18 years, outbid him by $1 million, 173 to $172 million back in 1993. So Peter Angelos bought the Orioles. He had Cal Ripken. He didn't win a thing. Life goes on. All of a sudden, there is rumor and innuendo that the Montreal Expos may be moved to Washington, D.C., not by Jeffrey Lurie and David Sampson or Stephen Bronfman or Jacques Bernard or anyone in Montreal. Baseball is going to buy the Expos, which they did, and sell them to D.C. once there is a publicly funded, complete stadium. Then there's a knock on the door, and Bud Selig calls Peter Angelos and says, Hey, Petey, we're moving a team to D.C. Don't be upset because we are going to create your own network and you're going to own the lion's share of it. You're going to start at 90%. You'll end up at 66%, but you're going to be in charge. It's your network. You're going to make a lot of money, I promise. And all you got to do is pay the nationals a rights fee. That's it. And we're going to tell you what the rights fee is, okay? It's going to be very, very small. Don't you worry. Don't you worry, Petey. But in five years, the market will have to decide what the rights fee is. Because Ted Lerner is willing to buy this team. But five years from now, he's not willing to take a discounted rights fee. You're going to have to give him what the market will bear. And I know you're going to run a successful channel. Well, ever since that day, ladies and gentlemen, there has been fighting between the Washington Nationals and the Baltimore Orioles. The Washington Nationals have never agreed that their rights fee deal has been fair. They have sued baseball. They have sued the Orioles. This has gone to arbitration. This has been decided by Major League Baseball in a complete inside job. And it has gone into the courts on appeal and the Nationals are owed a lot of money. This doesn't make Peter Angelos happy. Peter Angelos still runs MASN. So Peter Angelos woke up one day during the pandemic and said, I have a brilliant idea. I may have to pay a bigger rights fee, but if they're not having 162 games, I'm not paying them their rights fee. I only pay him for the games that they offer me. They only gave me 60 games. I'm not going to pay him anything more than 60 games worth of rights. I got a better idea. This network isn't making the amount of money I thought it would make because I've got to refund all the carriers who carry MASN because all the people who pay 10 bucks a month to get MASN aren't happy because we're not providing them lots of baseball games. Therefore, I'm going to say that MASN is not making as much money as I'd like them to make. Therefore, I'm going to make a decision right here now today. I'm going to get rid of the pre and post game shows because those are expensive and I don't have to do a pre and post game show for Orioles games or Nationals games because I'm MASN and I'm the network. I can do whatever I want. It's not in the contract. So therefore, they're done. 
But don't worry, Peter Angelos, the owner of the Orioles. I'm Peter Angelos, the owner of Masson. I'm canceling your pregame show. But Peter Angelos, the owner of the Orioles, if you want a pre- and post-game show, you have to pay for it yourself. But don't worry, Peter Angelos, owner of the Orioles. I'm also going to say the same thing to Ted Lerner, the owner of the Nationals. I'm going to say, hey, Ted, if you want a pregame show for the Nationals or a postgame show for the Nationals, you're going to have to pay for that yourself. And the Lerner family said, up yours, Petey. We're going to fire them. We're not doing it. So yesterday, the great people, including Bo Porter, a guy who was a coach, for the Marlins and Expos, maybe, or just Marlins. I can't remember. Bo Porter was one of our coaches in my career. He got let go by Masson because there's no more pre- and post-game show for Washington Nationals baseball in 2021 because the Lerner family said, forget you, Peter Angelos, owner of Masson. We're not paying for the pre- and post-game show. We're just going to sue you. It is an absolute cluster duck. And the reason that this fight has gone on, and if you listen to Nothing Personal sometime recently, we told you the story of when Rob Manford was elected commissioner and the story of how Washington gave Manford its vote, and that was the deciding vote. But they didn't want to vote for Manford in the beginning because they were so upset with how he dealt with the dispute between the Nationals and the Orioles regarding Masson. And they felt that the league had taken Angelos's side. Remember that story, Coca? Well, here we are, seven years after that vote, almost 15 years after they moved the team to Washington. And this dispute is nowhere near done. When there is hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars at stake, and you've got someone like Peter Angelos, who can make a rock nervous, he is so, and by the way, not anymore, now it's his sons. He is much less involved these days, much quieter these days, but he taught his sons well. They are very litigious. They made all their money as lawyers. Shakespeare may have been right, the Lerner family is a real estate family. Very, very smart with their money is the way to say it. And they're not going to get taken advantage of by anyone. And it's not as though the Lerners and the Angeloses are sharing a table at the Seder. There's a lot of layers to this onion. And the result is going to be further lawsuits further legal expenses, and guess who suffers? Fans of baseball. Because you're the ones who always suffer. When there's money at stake, you exactly know what we do when we own a team and run a team. We love you as fans. We need you as fans. But don't think for one minute that if I'm in a multi-million dollar dispute with someone and I've got to do something to hurt the fans in order to make my case a winner and get millions of dollars on the other side, I am going to take it out of you and your enjoyment. It's not even a question. It's what's going on right now with the season. And it's what's going on with Masson. Family ownership. It's complicated. A lot of family ownership in baseball, fathers and sons, siblings. Very common. Common in football. Did you know that the New York Jets are owned by the 
erstwhile ambassador to the United Kingdom. Well, if you listen to nothing personal, you know that. Woody Johnson was named by Trump as the ambassador to the UK. Donald Trump is no longer the president, which means Woody Johnson, I was about to call him Woody Harrelson Coca. Woody Johnson is now on a plane back to Jose Tazuni. While he was gone, he put the Jets in trust in theory, but he really wasn't put in trust, even though it was supposed to be. It was run by his brother, Chris. Chris is the one who had some sort of interesting relationship that I'd rather not speculate as to its nature with a coach named Adam Gase. I may be saying the name wrong, Coca. I say it wrong every time. Is it Gaze or Gase? Anyway, it doesn't matter because he's not the coach. Chris Johnson loved him as coach, loved Sam Darnold, and then fired him, et cetera, et cetera. Well, guess what? Woody's back. And Woody sent a tweet yesterday that made me laugh, and I wanted to read it to you today. I would like to thank my brother, Christopher, for leading the organization while I was away. His dedication and thoughtfulness has set us up for future success, and I'm looking forward to working closely together. I can't. Coca, sorry. I need a break. I need a minute. I'm out of breath. Not because of COVID. <sighs> Hold on. Let me just make sure I got that right, Coca. Christopher led the organization while I was away. His dedication and thoughtfulness has set us up for future success. What? If Woody is saying that Chris was responsible for what happened to the Jets while he was in the UK, then his tweet should have been, I love you, Chris. Blood is thicker than water. But as I return to the United States, my present to every Jets fan is that you will now be a season ticket holder and you will never again allowed to be made to be in a position to make a decision again. Never. I won't even talk about it at family dinners. Woody wants to work closely with Chris. Woody is throwing Chris under the bus as though he wasn't involved. Hold on, uh, Coca, check technology. I think it is right now approximately 2.30 in the afternoon in London. And I think that if I pick up my phone and I dial 0114171, I'm almost positive that I can reach someone in London. Are we supposed to believe that Woody Johnson was so busy hosting cocktail parties in the UK that he was not aware of what was going on with the New Jersey Jets? That's not their name, is it? With the New York Jets? It's laughable. Now that the Jets went two and 14 or three and 13, whatever they did, fired their coach, they just brought in the new coach, everyone's all excited. They have Darnold, they may get Deshaun Watson because Deshaun Watson wants to be a Jet, maybe he'll be a Jet, I don't think he'll be a Jet. Once you're a Jet, you're a Jet all the way from your first cigarette to your last dying day, who knows? What I do know is for Woody to try to convince you as Jets fans that he was out of it and now he's in it. And he, thank you, Chris, everything's good now. That puts the dis in disingenuous. Okay, uh, when we come back, we're gonna review a movie that will blow your socks off. That's how good it is. It's a must-see movie. And it is worth every penny of the $19.99 that I'm going to ask you to spend. And I rarely ask you to spend money to watch movies other than your normal monthly streaming service. We will also make sure we talk about Budweiser.
We'll be right back. I'm going to have a quick bud. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. My name is David Sampson. I just had a Budweiser and it was good. Thank you for making it through the commercials. I appreciate that. And thank you for listening and subscribing and downloading and supporting me and the show and Coca. Coca just got a new microphone and a new phone. And I think he just got groceries today because while we weren't doing the show last week for two days, obviously he wasn't getting paid. So therefore he didn't get groceries. So he's very appreciative that zinc, vitamin D, vitamin C have worked and that I'm able to do a show. I watched a movie because that's what I do. And it's a movie with Carrie Mulligan. If you've never heard of Carrie Mulligan, then fast forward. If you have heard of Carrie Mulligan, then hear me now and listen to me later. Promising Young Woman is one of the best movies I've seen this year. I paid the $19.99 on demand. I just fell into the microphone. Coca, did you feel that or hear that? Are you aware of that? I lost my balance because I'm sitting up. I have no support on my back. And I literally sort of lost my balance and fell into the microphone. Can you hear it? Like when my chin hits the mic? I mean, there's obviously times that that happens. In any case, Promising Young Woman is with Carrie Mulligan. And it is a movie about a woman who has a vendetta against men because of something that happened in her life to a friend of hers. And the movie is not like Jodie Foster's The Accused. It is not like a superhero movie where a woman or a man goes on a vengeance, rage-filled killing spree trip. This is a movie with brilliant dialogue and writing where Carrie Mulligan is understated and the acting is done with her eyes. It's done with her mouth. It's done with her lips. It's done with her hands. It's done with her actions. And it's also done with a wonderful script. I think she's a candidate for best actress. And I think the movie's a candidate for best picture. I'm not gonna spoil it, but the end of the movie is an ending that not only did I not predict, not only could I not imagine, but it is one of those movies that I rate in terms of the number of centimeters that my mouth is open 
when the movie ends. And this was a five centimeter movie. I, here's If you're watching this on YouTube, a five centimeter movie I think is this. Can you see that on the, on the camera, Coca? It's not like mouth agape, like the end of Jaws where <gasps> Jaws 2 when he eats, when, when they kill the shark by eating the uh, tank, the oxygen tank, it's not that. But it is an, it's a five centimeter opening, Coca. Promising young woman, please watch it. I, believe me, I don't want you to spend your money. I wouldn't have you spend your money, but it is well worth the 1999. Plus, I think it's important to support, I really do. I think it's important to support the movie industry because I personally get so much pleasure out of it. And it, it is such an important part of my life that I'm not one of those guys who will ever watch uh, movies on the internet for free on some sort of website. Okay, let's talk about money. I like that. Okay, Budweiser. Budweiser, it's not just a beer. It's not just Clydesdales. They made an announcement. They're not doing a Super Bowl ad. Stop the presses. First time in 37 years. They went on their social media and said, we are not spending $5.5 million for a 30-second ad this year because we're going to take that money and we're going to give it to help fight COVID. So please love us. It made me sick, actually. The NFL shaking in their shoes. Oh, my God, what happens if every company does this? Then the networks aren't going to get the revenue that they want, and they're not going to give us the rights fees that we need to keep our sport going. Roger Goodell is on the phone to the head of Budweiser saying, what are you doing? Forget what CBS and Fox are doing. Budweiser said, no, this is important. We have no choice. We've got to fight COVID. Do you think for one minute that Budweiser is not doing this in order to get more attention than it gets by doing a regular Super Bowl ad? Do you think for one minute that Budweiser is not doing this by releasing what they're doing on social media, knowing that they have the reach on social media, that they can do good and get a bigger reach and not spend the five and a half million dollars on an ad? Well, there's one way we can fight this. Don't drink Budweiser. Don't worry, NFL. There's nothing to see here. I promise you. If Budweiser walks away from the Super Bowl, there'll be 20 companies, whether it's Go Daddy or Go Mommy, who step up and say, we want those eyeballs. We want the DVR-proof commercial. We want to spend the money in our marketing budget, our ad budget. Don't you worry. Everything's going to be fine. And I got a little wait to see that's not an official wait to see, Coca. Budweiser will be back in the Super Bowl next year. I promise you. But let's give them a lot of credit. They're giving the money to the vaccine and they're letting us know. Whew, I feel much better. Nothing personal pick of the day. We won yesterday. Did you watch the Nets game? What is with the Nets court? The Nets beat the Heat, by the way. So we're 10 and 12. I don't understand what happened. In my day and age, and I'm an old guy. I'm old, okay? I am turning 53 one month from today. I don't feel old. I don't look old, and I'm not old. Do you hear me out there if you're looking for a show? I'm not old. There's one home jersey, and it's white. There's one road jersey. If you're the Knicks, it's blue. If you're the Lakers, it's purple. If you're the Celtics, it's green. If you're the Sixers, it's red. 
every Martin Gdanishtek, I look at a basketball game and there's 29 alternate road uniforms, 29 alternate home uniforms. I don't know who's home, who's away. I can't tell nothing. Turn on the net game. There's no crowd. Can't figure out where the game is. I'm looking at the court. I'm looking at the unis. The heat uniform made me think I was on an acid trip. The Nets uniform made me think that I did not own a color TV. Anyway, Harden, Durant, and Irving are pretty damn good in the heat or not. 10 and 12. All right, we got a game tonight, and it's it's a sure thing because we're hot in the NBA. The Jazz are 11-point favorites over the Knicks, and it made me think, and I did the research, Coca. I spoke to our CBS gave us a uh, four employees now who work for nothing personal exclusively and they do research and they prepare the show and they produce the show. Me and Coca are just skating by. We actually don't do anything anymore. As a matter of fact, there is a new employee with his hand up my tuchus right now doing the talking. So don't worry, mom, I'm healthy. I did the research between March of 1993 and March of 2002. The Utah Jazz went 14 and two versus the Knicks. Anyone remember that? Do you know what that means when the Jazz play the Knicks today? That means the Jazz will win by more than 11 points. <laughs> Can we just stop that, Coca? Can we edit that out? All right. Nothing personal pick of the day. We got the Jazz 11 over the Knicks. The Jazz are the best team in basketball right now between Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. The Knicks are back to earth having started the season well under new coach Tom Thibodeau. And the Knicks always have a hard time playing in Utah. So I think the Jazz are a very good pick tonight to try to get to 11 and 12 for the year. Don't for a minute think that I made this pick having anything to do with the fact that 20 years ago, for a stretch of 10 years, the Knicks couldn't beat the Jazz because that has about as much relevance to tonight. <sighs> Time is weird, Coca. Time is a... Uh... I'm finding time to be a strange, strange thing during COVID. We've talked about this a lot. And uh, I do want to mention that uh, I can't figure out time. I was told that as I get older, time would go faster. And it has. The years seem to pass faster. Days seem to pass. I seem to uh, be thinking about mortality much more than I ever used to as I enter the fifth inning of my life. The back nine, as some people say, I did just have a good snack in the clubhouse turn. But I'm thinking about time and I've told you that I, I'm upset that I can't control time, that I can't buy more of it or work hard to get more of it or be granted more of it. It's been a year, 525,600 minutes since Kobe Bryant and eight other people tragically lost their lives in a helicopter crash. 525,600 minutes. What did you do in that period of time? It's a good time to take stock. New Year's Eve is a good time. Every day is a good time. It's a rolling analysis because every day when you wake up, you can take stock of what you did the day before, the week before, the month before, and the year before. Every day, you can be the change you want to be. We talk about it here on Nothing Personal Plenty. I can't believe it's been a year since Kobe and eight other people died. I just can't. 
it seems like it's 50 years ago. And on the other hand, it seems like it was yesterday. I remember exactly where I was sitting. It's one of those I remember where. There's only a few of those in a lifetime. COVID hadn't even started in the United States. It was a rumor. It was a thought. It was stuck in China. And here we are one year later. Have things gotten better? Have they gotten worse? I think that's for you to decide. From my standpoint, a lot has changed in a year. I'm sorry for the loss of Kobe and his daughter and the six other people who died on that helicopter. And maybe, maybe we learned something. Another person died and will be memorialized today, and I wanted to spend a minute on him as well, if that's okay. Hank Aaron passed away, and today's his memorial service in Truist Park that's in Atlanta. Hank Aaron is the home run king in baseball. Barry Bonds has more home runs than he does, but Hank Aaron is the home run king. Hank Aaron did not take steroids. Hank Aaron may have taken amphetamines, but so did everybody else. I guess that's the argument for steroids. Everybody was doing steroids, but that's not true. Hank Aaron was chasing Babe Ruth's home run total in an era not unlike today, where racism was aplenty, death threats were pervasive, hate mail, hate email, hate speech. Hank Aaron had to wear it all. I got to meet Hank Aaron many times. I'm very lucky in that way, having been in baseball as long as I was, having met all of these great players, so many of whom, so many people I met through the Hall of Fame have died this year. The thing about Hank Aaron that I remember is when I met him because I told him about my Milwaukee connection, my connection to Bud Selig, my connection to Paul Jacobs, the doctor of the Brewers who knew Hank well, who Hank knew well. And Hank put it together that I was then in baseball and president of a team. And what Hank said to me, we were talking about home run hitters and about players. And I asked him about the importance of launch angle, but I didn't call it launch angle. I just said, tell me about home runs. Did you go into the batter's box with the intention of hitting a home run? And Hank Aaron said, and I never forgot this, which is part of the reason why I never was a fan of analytics, why I never was a fan of launch angle, of getting down on the knob and trying to hit home runs. Hank Aaron said the best part of his career is that he never went up to the plate looking to hit a home run. He went up to the plate, as he said, and I, and I can picture him saying it, looking to win the game. What do you think of that? What do you think of that? Hank Aaron, rest in peace. Well, today is a day when we are going to hear whether or not anyone will be inducted into the Hall of Fame this summer. It is Hall of Fame Day. In baseball, it gets a lot more attention than any other sport because baseball has a lot of anxious writers who don't necessarily feel good about the way they vote. It is difficult this year. Barry Bonds, Kurt Schilling, and 
I cannot believe I'm blanking on the third name who is uh, a suspected implicated steroid person, Coca. This is unbelievable. This is not COVID, folks. This is 50. So last year, Kurt Schilling almost made it in but didn't. Bonds and Clemens, thank you. My God. So Bonds and Clemens, two guys who did steroids. Schilling, a guy who may have done steroids, may not have, and may have political views that are not necessarily shared by many and may express things that are found to be outrageous by many. Will they join Derek Jeter and Ted Simmons and Larry Walker and be inducted into the Cooperstown Hall of Fame this July? Writers have 10 years to put someone into the Hall of Fame once their name appears on a ballot. This is the ninth year for Bonds, Clemens, and Schilling. They only have one year left. Schilling came the closest last year at 70%. There has not been, in my recollection, someone who got to 70 who did not get in. There is some thought, however, that this will not be Schilling's year. There is some thought that no one will get into the hall and they will let Derek Jeter and Larry Walker have their moment that they didn't get last year. Because this year would have been a combination of last year's group and this year's group because last year was canceled because of COVID. I think the writers found a way to deal with steroids and they found a way to deal with Jeter and they found a way to deal with COVID. And the way to do it is by not voting anyone into the Hall of Fame for this year's class, making it the first time since 2013, giving Jeter and Walker and Simmons their moment next July, and then worry about all the steroid guys next year, Bonds, Clemens, A-Rod, Ortiz, who are on the ballot for the first time next year, have the steroid conversation next year. So next year, when we're still doing nothing personal, somewhere over the rainbow, we're going to do a very detailed conversation on my view of who should be in the Hall of Fame and who shouldn't as it relates to steroids only. Not gambling, not any sort of possible domestic abuse like Omar Vizquel faces. I'm talking about performance-enhancing drugs. There's a reason players did performance-enhancing drugs because I've spoken to the players who did it. You know what the reason is. Wait to see. This is official, Coke. Let's make it official, okay? Wait to see. Hall of Fame announcement is tonight. There will be no one joining Jeter. That's a wait to see that will either come true or not in the next 12 hours or 10 hours or eight hours or two hours. Or if you're listening to this tomorrow, then it's not even a wait to see because you already waited and saw, but I didn't. That's our show today. Second show of the week. We did it, Coca. And remember, it's just business. This is nothing personal. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.